How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Aussies only. Thanks to GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Hello and welcome to Aussies Only. Your host, Jed Zetzer, with you today. And today I've got a special guest, Connor Joyce, will be joining me on the show. We are going to take an in-depth look at all the Aussies on tour, from the ATP WTA tour right down to the ITFs. We're going to take a look at all the Aussies who have been in action in 2022 and talk about how they're tracking. Well, I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to bring Connor straight in. Connor's been following the Aussies very closely this year, and we're going to talk about how they're going. Connor, mate, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Jed. It's a pleasure to be on. Um, yeah, ready ready to talk about the, the Aussies so far this year. Unreal, mate. Absolutely love it. Well, the Aussies have had an interesting start to the 2022 season. It was a pretty impressive Australian summer of tennis from an Australian point of view. We obviously had Ash Barty uh, crowned the champion. And then, of course, the men's doubles final and all Aussie final. We had Chris O'Connell and Maddie Inglis make impressive runs to the third round. You know, it was a really impressive Australian summer of tennis. As they always do, the Aussies have uh, taken to the overseas tour and they are looking pretty good at the moment. Um, there's a lot in action this week, particularly. Con, I just want to ask you, mate, who's impressed you the most, I guess, since the Australian summer of tennis? And, you know, we've seen a lot from the ITFs, the ATP, WTA tour. Who's caught your eye? Yeah, it's interesting. I've, yeah, I've been following the, the whole ITF. Obviously, yeah, a lot of people tune out post the Aussie Open, but the, the tennis does continue. And been a, yeah, a lot of young Aussies that have impressed me. One, I'd say um, he didn't win a title, but James McCabe. Um, I don't know if you, yeah, if anyone's seen my post, but I do. I've posted a few things about him. Um, he's only 18. Watched him at the the Oz Open. Um really tight first round qualifying battle against the guy on the cusp of the top 100 and made four semifinals in a row at the the ITF level um, in Bendigo and Canberra. Yeah, massive serve, really good game. Yeah, I think I think he's one to definitely keep an eye on going forward. So he did, he faced, it was Alejandro Tabillo, wasn't it, in the first yeah. round of AO Qualies? Yeah. And then yeah. after the AO, Tabillo went on to, he went on a crazy run at ATP level. Yeah, he, he won. I think he might have. Did he win a title at 250 level um, or made a final? And I know he definitely got through the next two rounds of qualifying at the, the AO in straight sets. So um, yeah, he was the only one to even push him there. Well, it's really interesting. I mean, so James McCabe, yes, he didn't win one of the titles, but as you mentioned, four semi finals. It's a very impressive effort. I think Dane Sweeney was the only player to reach more semi finals than uh, yeah. McCabe. So, yeah, very impressive run. He's one to watch. His ranking has taken a massive rise uh, this year, and I'm going to get that ranking up in the meantime. But kind of realistically, where do you think he could go this year? Obviously, in the future, who knows what's to come, but how far can he go in 2022? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because obviously it's it's very nice being able to play. I know he's from Sydney, being able to play in Canberra, being able to play in Bendigo um, at home, it's it's a luxury really. Um, and also getting the AO wildcard. I think he was ranked 1,200 at the AO. Like you'd never get a wildcard to even qualifying in any other country. But it really kick-started his year. I think he's he's up 
inside the top 600 now, like halved his ranking. So, yep, I've got here 536. Yeah, see, I mean, yeah, sky's the limit. I think um, he's got a weapon in his serve, which I mean, um, most yeah, most players you need that one one big X factor sort of player. I think, and it's hard now. I think you would probably go to Europe. Um, it's you got to slug it out. ITF tour, yeah, it might not. It's hard because obviously he's had a bit of success here. Really, might struggle going to Europe. But you just yeah, you'll learn a lot about yourself. I think this is the first time you spent a big chunk away on tour, so. I think he's yeah. I think he's definitely got the game to, I mean, come back here next year, um, top two hundred, top three hundred, push for the the actual main draw wildcard spot because, yeah, from what I saw, he's definitely um, able to match it with with guys right toward the top hundred. Yeah, absolutely. So James McCabe, eighteen year old, ranked at five hundred thirty six after a terrific run on the ITF tour after the Australian Summer of Tennis. Uh, Connor, another player who caught my eye during this little run of RTF tournaments was Dane Sweeney. He's had a fantastic, I think he won the first two titles yeah. uh, and then he had some deep runs in the remaining tournaments as well. He's risen to 200, well, he's 229 in the doubles rankings, but his singles ranking is up to 390, which is an enormous rise compared to what he was at at the start of yeah. the year. How do you, uh, how do you rate Dane Sweeney's game and where could he go in 2022? Yeah, Sweeney's one. I watched him for the first time in, in Melbourne as well. Um, and the past day is one of the like, just it's an exciting player to watch, really. Just gets to everything, just he's got the mullet going and everything. Um, just yeah, just fun to watch, real Australian sort of player, I reckon. But yeah, he won those the first, I think it's his first ITF title ever um, in Canberra and then backed it up the following week. So I mean, he's another one's jumped 200, um, still young. I think he's in the in the next generation. He's right there in the frame to like go to the, the next gen finals at this stage. Um, yeah, I think he's the one that can definitely also push up um, inside the was currently just outside the top 300. So push yeah toward the top 100. I mean, again, I, he's just got to grind it away, but um, definitely got the game. So yeah, wait and see. Absolutely, and I think he's one that we might see more of on the Challenger Tour this year. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we'd like to see more of him on the Challenger Tour, especially after a really good run uh, at ITF level. Just a couple I want to touch on before we look at the uh, women who have been battling it out on the ITFs. Omar Jasika, Lee Too, those are two names who have come up in this uh, month of well, six weeks of ITF tournaments who went quite deep. How do you rate their games and... You, have you been impressed by their start to the season? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think they, they both won a title in Bendigo. They took out the, the two down there. Um, yeah, Lee two at yeah, three ninety seven in the ranks now. Yeah, and I know Omar is also. I think he's a bit back, but he's obviously Omar. First of all, has come from you know five years really off off a title. Um, barely played any tennis for for the past few years with COVID and other other problems. So. Um, yeah, it's really good to see him back. Obviously, he's you know a, few, a former junior champion, like Grand Slam champion. So, um, you know, first title in a while. I think yeah, he looked really good. I got up to Bendigo um, that weekend, and yeah, he looked really good from from what I saw. Um, so uh, yeah, he he's, he's definitely one to to keep an eye on. Um, and Lee too as well. I mean, he's had some run from I remember hearing his name for the first time a couple of years. It was last China Open and. I think he's gone off to Egypt now. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you just got to slug it away. But um, yeah, both got the game. I mean, 
yeah, just gotta just gotta work through the wins as you go uh, on the road. Absolutely, Omar Jaseker up to five seventy six in the ranks. He's now twenty four years of age. He was he did hit a career high of two thirty nine as a teenager, and the sky was the limit. Hopefully, he can get back to that level. And Lee too. Well, with that title that you mentioned in Bendigo, he's broken inside the top four hundreds of the ranks. Uh, he's up to three ninety seven. So. Those are two players certainly to watch this year. Uh, I want to touch on the women's side of things with these ITF tournaments yeah. that were in Australia after the Australian summer of tennis. I think that, you know, now with Ash Barty, of course, retiring, the women, there's, you know, there's a lot of weight that fall on the other Australian women to now perform. Connor, who are you impressed by in this six-week patch? Yeah, I think one that um, i definitely say, Olivia Gadecki. Um, I think she, yeah. yeah, she's just 19, um, unvaxxed, so missed the um, Australian summer, the Oz Open, which was disappointing. Um, but, yeah, um, she she stood out definitely at ITF level. I believe I've got, yeah, I've got it here. She made three ITF finals, I think, in a row throughout that swing. Um, Amazing. And one of the, one of the back end was, like, it levelled up to, a, I think, a 60 instead of, like, a 25 or something. So Yeah, so it's, uh, like, the equivalent of a challenger on the yeah, ATP exactly. side, yeah, which is huge. Definitely. Um, so for a 19-year-old, I mean, yeah, she's, for that age, definitely, um, I think she's now the the fifth highest-ranked Aussie um, all of a sudden. So, um, I mean, yeah, she's among our juniors or 19 teenagers. Um, she's, yeah, definitely one to, to keep an eye on. Absolutely. I think she's she's probably the one who, you know, if we're looking at our younger girls on the tour, she's probably the one who has shown the most um, in in these early stages. So she's up to 166 in the rankings, which is just massive. And who knows where that ranking could have been if she had played the Australian Summer of Tennis. She would have got wild cards into the AO main draw. She probably would have got into those Adelaide lead-ins. So, you know, it just means for next year, there's no points to defend in that month as well, which, you know, provides some room for growth as well there. But, uh, yeah, Olivia Gadecki up to 166 in the ranks. Arena Rodionova, she was the number one seed at most of these, if not all of these tournaments. Um, yeah. How have you rated her start to the season? She's at 181 in the ranks. Yeah, Arena's an interesting one. Um, obviously, like she's at the level where mm. she probably could have tried to go outside Australia and maybe get um, some qualifying opportunity, opportunities at even the, the 1,000 events. I'm not sure if exactly she would have got in. But, yeah, she... Yeah, one seed, I think, for the first three or four of those events in, in Canberra and Bendigo didn't didn't get a title um, throughout that swing. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, she probably made the call to, to come here, you know, get some matches under her belt, get some some wins, hopefully a title. Um, but not the case. So, yeah, the ranking hasn't really changed. Um, so, yeah, now, now I've got to go back and, yeah, try to try find a title, try find some wins um, elsewhere. Absolutely. Connor, Daria Savile, and this is moving up, she actually started at the ITF in Canberra. That's how she kicked off her year after the Australian Open. A week later, she found herself on a plane to Mexico where she basically started one of the most incredible runs that we've seen this season so far on the women's side. Um, And it's funny, she lost her first round match in Canberra and then she goes over to Guadalajara and she has an amazing run in Indian Wells. Just talk to us about Daria Saville. She's back up to 134 in the ranks and from where she's come from, it's just incredible oh, stuff. 
It's just an example. I mean, the tennis tour is so fascinating. Like, obviously, yeah, you said she was in, in Canberra, couldn't get a win there at the ITF level and then goes overseas, um, I think Mexico first and, yeah, and then on to the, the Sunshine Double where she had a lot of success. I mean, it's crazy. You couldn't get a win at ITF. Suddenly she's, she's been top 50 opponents um, matches like consecutively. Uh, I think it was the fourth round in India Miles and then even better in, in Miami. So, yeah, I mean, she's back. It's simple as that. She's our, she's probably, I mean, I the highest rank, but yeah, she's, she's probably our best women on, woman on the tour right now. So, um, yeah, awesome to see. Um, had some, some real injury struggles, but yeah, it was, yeah, as you said, I mean, got to be one of the best, best comeback runs we, we've seen this year. Yeah, it's incredible stuff. I mean, we can't forget she has been as high as number 20 in the world. Uh, she dipped in form a little bit, but then she's just had a treacherous run with injury. Um, that Achilles has given her heaps of hassles. And finally, it looks like she's, you know, back to stay. 134 in the ranks. She'll be in top 100 in no time. I mean, if she's just able to stay fit and play at that level. Um, yeah, I mean, she was playing at a level that I, I think we can safely yeah. say was a top 30 level. Yeah. Um, yeah. She reminds me a bit of Kokonakis. I think there's they're, they're sort of similar players. They've shown what they can, you know, reach and struggled a little bit with injury, but now they're both back and they're looking good. Staying on the women's side, obviously, Isla Tomjanovic, she is our number one Aussie. She's had a fascinating start to the year. Um, hasn't done a whole heap, but sort of has picked up a few valuable wins here and there. What are your thoughts on Isla? Yeah, she's yeah, she's in that sort of similar situation. She's good. I mean, she's shown um, she's got the game. I mean, she's beat good players throughout the last couple of years, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, capitalising on on chances. It's, um, I've, yeah, I've, I've got it's, she was like 0-5 against top 50 players. So it's just been able to beat the players ranked above her. Um, and that's, that's how you're really going to jump. And at the moment, um, she wasn't able to do that in Melbourne and in Australia in general. So, yeah, she's, she's our highest-ranked player. Um, she's our only top 100 woman right now. So, yeah, I mean, she, she's got the game as well. Um, but just got to just find wins. It's funny because the women have had a really, uh, I guess it's just an interesting start to the season. I mean, yeah. you look at Storm Sanders and you feel like she's improved and you feel like she's yeah. really got the game, but the rankings tell us differently. She's dropped to 197 now yeah. in the ranks and she was basically on the verge of the top 100. And I think, you know, you look at some of the players ranked higher than her, she's a much better player than yeah. a lot of these players ranked higher than her. I guess she's just now got to take advantage of a couple months where she's not actually defending a lot of points yeah. to get that ranking back up. What are your thoughts on Storm? And could we possibly see her in the top 100 this year? Yeah, I mean, potentially. I think she was one. Um, I was there on the day. I couldn't like, get into the court, I remember, but she took Sabalenka to three. Um, first round, I was open. Um, and, I mean, that's, that's the world number two at the time. So, yeah, I mean, she could have won that match. And that's another one you just you show you're at the level, but you really get nothing from it um, as if you lost in straight sets. So, yeah, I think she can definitely get back to the top 100. Um, it's just really hard to break from that that top 200 into that top 100. It's probably the hardest thing to do. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, but hopefully hopefully she can get back to that, that yeah, that main draw slam consistent um, level. Absolutely. Well, I think we've spoken about sort of we speak about it at length, this massive group of Aussie women who sort of linger around that 150 mark and just really struggle to crack that next 
uh, breakthrough. Maddie Inglis has been on the better side of 150. She's sort of hovered around 115 to 130 for a while now. We've got Astra Sharma. She was inside the top 100, but she's dropped now to 147 after being unable to defend her Charleston title. You know, Gadecki, Rodionova, Cabrera, Sanders, Mendez, Perez, Fawless, Hon, Ayava. That's a massive group of Aussie girls who all have the capabilities to crack, yeah. crack the top 100, but at the moment just have sort of slid down the rankings a little bit. Out of that big group, Connor, obviously Maddie English is the highest ranked out of that group. Who can we see the most growth from in 2022? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's crazy. We got, yeah, so you feel like you got a lot of depth there, but you've only got one of them, one woman in the, in the top 100. It's, it's fascinating. But I think Gadecki will be one given her age. I mean, she's got the potential to, to jump up quickly once she gets matches under her belt. Um, she's won, yeah, 165. I mean, definitely, definitely got that. And Savile as well. I mean, if you're not, she's probably not in that group, maybe, but. Yeah, of the others, it's hard. Inglis is, yeah, the closest. Yeah, she's shown she's shown in the AO as well. She, I mean, she's yeah, she's got the game, but, yeah, it's it's difficult to say. Um, looking here, Roddy and Ova, Cabrera. I, I think another one, Sion Mendes is one um, who's been having a fair bit of success at ITF level. It's just yeah. whether that can translate up. And, again, that's, yeah, that's the hardest thing about it, but... Well, yeah, we'd be. I mean, with Ash going out, we really want to see if just a few of them get up into that, yeah, that main draw level. Not at, not just at the uh, the Australian Open, but but across the four slams. Yeah, we certainly do. Um, and looking at the men's side, it's similar. I mean, we've got Alex yeah. Demonar. He's comfortably our number one ranked Aussie. James Duckworth. He's was virtually defending no points up until the next couple of months. I think he started his run basically just after the French Open. Mm-hmm. Um, and this first half of the year was a massive opportunity for him to consolidate. I think he was at about 51 or 54 in the ranks yeah. at one point. This was this first half of the year, he was, I think, defending virtually no points. So he could have flown into the top 30 just had he played, but suffered a really bad injury during the Australian summer of tennis, which really restricted him. He didn't win a game um, during the summer of tennis. And even with his injuries, he battled Manorino to five sets in the first round of the AO. But, and, you know, Manorino had that incredible run. But, yeah, Duckworth yet to return to the tour. He's dropped to 74 in the ranks. Nick Kyrgios up to 77. John Millman, Jordan Thompson, Thanasi Kokonakis, all still inside the top 100. But Alexi Popperin's dropped out this week. And then we've got that group, sort of like the women's side, um, of players who have been really close to breaking the top 100 but haven't quite done it yet. Uh, Alex Vukic, Chris O'Connell, Max Purcell, Jason Kubler, Alex Bolt, Mark Polmans. Um, there's a big group of guys there who have been lingering for a couple of years now. Connor, can any of them break through to the top 100 this year? What, are we, what can we expect to see? It's, I mean, first of all, I think Vukic and, and Chris, they're the, they're the two closest. Um, yep. Popper is really on the cusp. And, um, yeah, they both both had, you know, just awesome wins at the AO. Chris over, over Schwartzman and Vukic over Lloyd Harris. Um, you know, you see they're beating, uh, that's top top 30 guys, um, you know, when the crowd's behind them, but it's been able to do it, obviously, when when there's no crowd at all. And Vukic, he got, got a win, got a challenger title um, straight off the AO, I think jumped up within maybe 15 places of the, of the top 100 and then is now just sort of stalled a little bit. Yeah, it's just so hard to to get you know that that next jump. But I do think I do think they're both 
yeah, they both have the game. It's it's such little moments. I think Chris had a match a few weeks ago against Sandy Murray that he, he could have definitely taken. Yeah, the, you the took the first set and then... Yeah. yeah. Just matches like that. I mean, you, you're going to get chances. You just, you just got to take them. They both definitely can be in the top 100 come, come next year, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think both of them could definitely break through into the top 100. Yeah. They just need... They need a bit more consistency. We've seen what they're capable of, but they've just got to convert now. Um, and Max Purcell is another one who I think definitely has the ability, um, but just has to be consistent. He's had some opportunities this year, which he hasn't quite been able to take yet, but uh, no doubt more will come. And he's sort of playing that tour level qualifying. That's what he's decided to do is, yeah. you know, essentially given up you know, the run on the challenges. He's played a few, but more trying to play on the tour at the moment. It's great to see Jason Kubler as well back inside the top yeah. 200. Yeah, exactly. No, he, he won the, the final two events up in Canberra. Again, like a bit older than a few of the others, but you see, he's, he's, he's at the level. Um, it's just about stringing, stringing tennis together, um, string matches together. Yeah, what a one, 170 I got in now. Like, I mean... And he's yeah. been inside the top 100. We know he's capable of that level. Yeah. And he could easily return there, providing he just stays fit and plays. He actually was playing this morning. He went down to uh, uh, Daniel Galan from Colombia. He won a title last week at challenger level. And yeah. Jason lost to him last week. And now he's lost to him again this week, which is, it's just, that's just a tough draw, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the draw can mean so much when it's completely random. So that's just the way that it falls, yeah. Connor, uh, Rinki Hijikata, up to 254 in the ranks. He's had a fantastic season, really a fantastic, I guess, last 12 months. Could he, you know, possibly be one that breaks into the top 100 this year? He's not far off. You feel like he's now um, possibly going to jump a couple of these guys in that 100 to 200 bracket. What are your thoughts on Rinki and what can we expect to see from him in the next couple of months? Yeah, Rinky, Rinky's another interesting one. He um, opted to, to go overseas rather than play the local the local swing, which um, has brought a lot of success. I think back-to-back titles, um, yeah, over in North America. So, yeah, and, and showed it in Melbourne as well. I think it was a couple of wins over guys ranked around the 100 mark. He's still young. Yeah, been fighting it out on the, challenge, on the, the ITF tour and now getting to the, the challenger level. So, yeah, I think he'll definitely um, jump the the Pullman's bolt sort of um, mix there and hopefully get toward the, the top 100, maybe not inside it, but yeah, toward it um, this year and, and pushing towards next next summer. Well, we've sort of spoken about the lower level and the lower ranked players. Now, right at the top of the game, Alex Demonar, he's actually having, I think, an outstanding season and he had a big yeah. win overnight over Hugo Umber in Barcelona. Thoughts on Demon? And uh, how far can he go this year? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's tough. I think, yeah, he's comfortably, he's put himself forward as our, our best player and he's definitely our most consistent. He's consistently getting to to that third, fourth round. We saw it in, in Melbourne, um, another fourth round I was open. Uh, it's yeah it's just that the only thing is just beating those those top 15 guys top 10 guys um she hasn't really been able to, to do yeah, it yes that's that's just the, the the only real problem i think he's beating guys he should beat and just maybe not not beating the guys that he shouldn't beat but he you know he'd love to beat so yeah that's the this the, i think he's on seven against city pass it's just getting a winner a win against a guy like that um 
yeah, he's at he's at 20, 25. Like he's I mean, he's definitely got the level to be inside the top 15, maybe yeah, top 10. It's just he's he's just got to find a way to beat um beat those those guys above him. Um yeah. For sure. I want to quickly talk about the special case, Nick Kyrgios and Vanasi Kokonakis. They obviously won the Australian Open doubles. They had an amazing sun, sunshine double doubles run. Um, but on the singles court, they're also performing. Can yeah. Kyrgios, I mean, he's up to 77. Can he consolidate that spot in the top 100? I think, yeah. I think if he's, if he's on the court, he'll definitely consolidate that spot in the top 100. Um, obviously, he's opting not to play the clay season again. Which I mean, maybe saying he made a semi last week might not be the right call, but yeah, I, th- I think I mean he should, I think he's probably a top top thirty guy comfortably when he's when he's playing and fit. You saw it; he, he was wiping top thirty players off the court in in America. So yeah, I mean, obviously he's he's still showing the the, the problems on court. Um, whenever he, he loses, it falls apart, unravels pretty quickly. So yeah, I don't I don't know if we're going to see him go you know win a slam, but. Um, yeah, I think I think he'll definitely consolidate in the top hundred and and probably inside the top fifty. But yeah, I'm not sure I'm about any further than that. And Thanasi Kokonakis up to eighty eight in the ranks. He's had one of the most remarkable comebacks. I'm sure he'll comfortably win the comeback player of the season come end of year. But thoughts on Thanasi? How far can he go this year? Where's he going to be ranked end of year? And I mean, a couple of questions in one here. But what are your thoughts on the start to his season? Yeah, I think that uh, is just the perfect way to kick off the whole Aussie summer, wasn't it? I mean, it was, yeah. Home maiden title coming off injury is just uh, brilliant, and the way he won as well, so many three set games, and yeah, I mean that was just the perfect, perfect thing. Got himself um, right back toward the top, top hundred, and and now he's inside it. I think the Oz Open was, um, yeah, maybe a bit of a hangover on that on that title. I remember. I was in choke or three, walked on. The roar was just ridiculous. And yeah. I felt somewhat overwhelmed by it all. But, um, yeah, he's shown he's back on the tour. And, I mean, Indian Wells, Miami, um, back having success over there. So, yeah, I think I think he's he's definitely going to keep moving up. He'll get um, probably above, you know, John Thompson, John Millman, um, probably James Duckworth as well, unfortunately. Um, and, yeah, I think I think he'll definitely be, definitely be top 50, um, by the end of the year and would love to see him seeded it at, at next year's Lord Open. Yeah, it's an awesome, I reckon it's a great call and I think it would be awesome to see him seeded. I think that's got to be the goal seeded yeah. by next year's AO. Just quickly before we wrap up, Connor, John Millman and Jordan Thompson, they're sort of hovering around that 80 mark. Ducks just in front of them, but Ducks hasn't played. John Millman had a massive win overnight against Dominic Team. Obviously, he did admit himself at the net when he shook Tim's hand that probably wouldn't beat him when he's fit. But um, thoughts on Milman and Thompson, and can they? It, it sort of feels like they're hanging on to a, a thread inside yeah. the top one hundred. Um, yeah. How long can they stay there for? And and what are your what are your thoughts on their start to the season? Yeah, pretty pretty similar starts really. I mean, yeah, as you said, they're both hanging on, and I think as long as as long as they can stay inside, that's that's all. I don't think they're going to be you know, contesting the slams probably, but um, yeah, just as long as they can both hang inside the top hundred, you're gonna make you're gonna make a very good living from the sport. So, um, yeah, I, I think yeah, Milman just got it. You got got the win over team. I think he, he might have dropped to Ketsmanovic last night. So it's gonna be just um, yeah. keeping keeping just a, yeah, just wins here and there. Um, they're both gonna be you know yeah at the moment contesting all the all the big events. So 
Um, very similar spot. Uh, I think, yeah, Milman being a few years older is whether the body can keep holding up. Um, yeah, I'm not so sure, but I think for the for for the given you know for the future for the, at least this year, um, should both be able to definitely stay inside the, the top hundred. And Alexi Popperin's the last one I want to touch on on the men's side. He's had a really, uh, I guess, rough start to the season. Hasn't been able to find his feet at all um, and hasn't been able to show the form that we know he's capable of. He's dropped. So he was he was basically on the verge of the top 50. He's now dropped outside the top 100. Have you watched a lot of Alexi this year? What what can you say is, I guess, the reasoning for his downfall? Yeah, it's interesting because um, it was about this time last year he won, he won a title somewhere in, in Singapore. Asia, I think it was. Singapore, yeah, and looked so strong. I think they public in the finals, just dominant. And then, yeah, since then, I mean, the AO was, um, I think it was Rinder Knetsch in the, in the first round. I'm actually probably could have won, went to five. Yeah, and and since then hasn't really hasn't really found any wins at all. It's yeah, oh, he's got the potential. Um, I, I don't know. I just find when I watch him, just the errors um, creep in, and it's it's somewhat frustrating. Um, I feel like he should be able to hold his serve probably easier than, than he sometimes does. And yeah, I mean to to find himself outside the top hundred, that's not at all where he'd want to be. So yeah, he's he's got a bit of work to do to get himself back. But he's he's still you know one of the the young guys we spoke about. So. Yeah, not not doomsday, but yeah, needs to find some wins. Is it fair to say he's almost got the most potential out of all of our Aussie men? I hear, for me, I think he's got the highest yeah. ceiling. I, I can see him. I, th- I think if he puts everything together, he yeah. could actually possibly win a slam. You know, yeah. he's got the serve. He's got that forehand. The backhand's always been, you know, his weak part of the game, but then it, it looked yeah. good last year. I mean, in my opinion, I think he's, you know, we speak about who's our next slam winner now since Barty's retired. It could come from Popperin, but he's just got to, he's got so much growth um, and he's just got to put everything together. Doesn't he? Exactly right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's interesting saying our our next slam winner is going to come from so far back. Like, but he's showing when he's, when he's winning. Yeah. You you can't, you you can say that it's, it's, he looks so dominant. He's got like over someone like Demon or he's got the big weapons, um, which is, yeah, what you need. So he's got a few things to work on, but came in the slam. Oh, I wouldn't lock it in, but he, he's definitely yeah the, the one that has shown that he's got the potential. Absolutely. Connor, um, I think we've touched on most of those plays. Is there anyone we haven't touched on who um, you've been impressed by so far in 2022? No, I'm just looking at you. I think, yeah, I think we've, we've covered it pretty well across the board. Yeah, on the men's side. Connor, just before I let you go, a quick prediction for the clay court season. Who's going to burst onto the scene from an Australian point of view and have a really successful clay court season? Oh, I think I'm going to have to go with Damon or here. I don't know how many of the others are even. I've noticed the draws from an Aussie point of view are nowhere near stacked on the on the clay uh, as we get on the hard courts. But yeah, I, I think Damon, I know he's, he's not defending a whole lot of points and he's grown up in, in, in Spain, played a lot on the clay. I think He's the one that can take himself inside the top 20, inside the top 15. Um, you know, he's, he's still in the Barcelona draw. So hopefully, big next couple of months and yeah, he can push himself right up. Absolutely, mate. Well, Connor, thank you so much for joining me. And we'll do this again in a couple of weeks' time to uh, recap the Aussies. And we'll do this throughout the year, just sort of checking in on all, on all of our Aussie players and where they're at. Really appreciate you taking the time to join me.
Thanks, Jed. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, it was a pleasure. Connor Joyce, there. Thank you once again to Connor for coming on the show. We're definitely going to check in with Connor again uh, a few times as the year goes on, as we keep track of how all of our Aussies are performing overseas. Well, I guess we're going to end the show there. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's edition of Aussies Only. Be sure to head back and listen to any previous editions of the show. We've had some great chats with some great people. The latest episode before this one featured Michael Legazzo. Be sure to listen into that show to hear about his amazing tennis journey. Well, another episode in the books. Thank you so much for tuning into this edition of Aussies Only. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, in it to win it. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.